This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hi, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. I'm sure you've always wondered if those weight loss supplements in the supermarket actually work. Well, stick till the end of this episode. I have an amazing guest and we discuss this at great length today. I want to begin by thanking you all for continuing to listen to my podcast. At the same time, I want to request you all again to please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and do that. And if you've done that, I'm so thankful to you all. While this may seem like a small thing to you, but friends, this is actually very, very important in the world of podcasts. All you have to do is just head on over to Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone or Apple Podcasts on your computer if you have an Android device and just click on write a review and that's it and you're done. I want to welcome Dr. Sandra Lerner to my podcast today. She's a board certified physician in family medicine and obesity medicine and she does practice obesity medicine full time. You know, she's lost over 65 pounds. She had gained some weight because of her stressful practice and her stressful life. She'd gained about 40 pounds and she changed her lifestyle. She changed the way she lived and she lost about 65 pounds. And so she does use that experience and her knowledge and skills to also offer private weight loss coaching to her patients and her clients. So welcome, Sandra, to my show. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So this is such an interesting topic, right? People who've actually had issues with weight, I'm sure they've seen those aisles in the supermarkets where they basically sell these supplements and multiple weight loss supplements. And so I thought, you know, let's just do an episode on this and let's just kind of demystify this part of it or decode this part of it. So let's just begin by talking about the history of weight loss supplements. Where did they really begin? So it is a really seductive topic. When you are walking down the aisles, you are just, you're tempted to just buy everything you can that would possibly help you lose weight. And what I want you to know right off the bat is that there really isn't any magic bullet except your own effort and grit in doing this. And so it's really interesting because we have been interested in supplements since ancient history, but it really gained popularity through the 1800s with traveling salesmen in the U.S. And then through the turn of the century and in the 1920s, one of the things that happened is through the Roaring Twenties and the flapper girls and the dancers, there was a shift in what was considered to be the ideal body type, which was one of the pivotal things that happened that really fueled the industry. Because this shift to a sort of leaner, more athletic body type, both in men and women, is really what had people turning to find what can I do to really get to that ideal body image. That's interesting. Yeah. So how have these supplements changed over time? So initially, They've never been a regulated industry, so but they were a lot more unregulated than they are now. <laughs> and so, so there's been one of the things that as these 
supplements have gained in popularity, there's been a little bit more regulation as time has gone on. But really, it's very unregulated. It's still the Wild West, right? Yeah, it's still the <laughs> Wild West. They've found all kinds of crazy things in these supplements over the counter. And I think there was one study that showed about 10% of them have things that aren't even listed on the label, like yeah. thyroid hormone, phenytoin, which is a seizure medication, yeah. SSRIs, oh, desiccated thyroid, desiccated testosterone, and all kinds of things have been found in these substances. And there's a huge list of them on the FDA website of under MedWatch, supplements that have had bad reactions in people or, wow. right? Yeah, but you know, but the problem is a lot of times you walk down those aisles and, and you see these supplements and they talk about, they'll have these things written in big bold letters, scientifically proven, or this study was done, or that study was done. So what's the deal with that? So they can put whatever they want on the label. They can't claim to cure or treat anything. So they can say supports healthy weight loss, but they can't say causes weight loss. And the reason is because in order to actually make that claim, it has to be FDA approved and it has to go through the pharmaceutical process as opposed to like the nutrient and supplement process. And so as long as it's part of a nutrient supplement, they can say scientifically proven to support or scientifically proven to promote but it can't really cross the line into a real claim. And the studies that they do, it's self-regulated industry. And so <laughs> what that means is they can study five people and say, look, I gave five people HCG hormone, which did happen 10 years ago, and HCG, and they followed this very low calorie diet, increased their activity, and they lost weight. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a surprise they lost weight because they were eating a 600 calorie diet. Right. And so, and a lot of the claims that are made are along those lines that they support healthy weight loss with nutritionally sound diet and increased activity, you know. <laughs> but you won't find that written in bowl, right? You'll find it no, in no, some that, tiny right. little somewhere. The small writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important to understand that medications are obviously regulated by FDA. But this, unfortunately, is not regulated by the FDA because this is not a drug, and that's why they're labeled as supplements, which are not a regulated market at all. And that's the one thing that these companies kind of get away with is by marketing them as supplements, and it's such an unregulated market, right? Right. So what FDA is actually doing about this, or how are they actually regulated? It's not regulated. There have been some moves to regulate the industry over time. There was regulation in 1970 that helped move it forward. But for the most part, it's not really come a long way. And there is a place for supplements. I mean, certainly as physicians, we will recommend sometimes omega-3 to support an improvement in cholesterol or vitamin D or vitamin C. And these are important and they're important dietary supplements for daily use. But in terms of weight loss, there haven't really been any that have shown any significant evidence that they're effective. What I recommend is really just making sure that you take all your supplements to your doctor and review them. And the other thing is there are ways that you can look at the label and determine whether this is something that is even safe to buy at all. And a couple of things you can look at is make sure that it's made in the United States, and that it's regulated by, when it's self-regulated, that it's certified by USP or NFS labeling. Those labelings 
show that the supplement contains the dietary amount that is labeled on the product. And so at least you know what you're buying at that point. Well, I mean, there's still so much of stuff that they mix into these things. I think it becomes so difficult. And a lot of times what happens is they'll mention a lot of wool products into the supplements, which it's so difficult to make a sense out of what plant they used, what quantity they used it in. And that really makes it very, very difficult to understand the quantities, right? It's a $2.1 billion industry. And there's 2.1 billion reasons why this industry is not going to be more regulated. Uh, <laughs> no, that's so true, right? <laughs> right. So there are a lot of people vying for that dollar. And you have to be a savvy consumer when it comes to that. I think that there's another piece of it that I think is really concerning for me when I'm coaching clients. And that's that people have this desperation to lose weight and are really willing to do anything. And there's a product that tells them that they're going to lose weight or they're going to achieve this result or it's going to promote this result in the patient or in the client. And my concern is that they may lose weight, but ultimately what that does is it cheats the person out of the ability to claim that victory. So they will go on an HCG diet or whatever diet or this diet or the other diet and they will lose weight. And in the short term, you know, they feel really great. They lost 20 pounds and they really feel like the supplement helped them. But ultimately, it wasn't the supplement that helped them. It was their own effort and their own grit in committing to the process. And I think that's where I think we really cheat ourselves of that benefit when we believe that the supplement is doing instead of our own efforts. Yeah, I think it's very important to understand I understand that people, when they're trying to lose the weight, there is obviously this sense of urgency to lose that weight. And I just feel the way the language is on all of these supplements, and you'd, like you'd mentioned, it'll never say that directly it causes weight loss. It just supports or promotes. Language like that kind of also tricks you, right? It kind of makes you feel as if this is the key and this is what's going to make you you know, lose the weight. but in reality, that's just taking those legal steps to safeguard yourself from being sued with that specific language. And that's something very important to keep in mind. That language has been put there very specifically for a reason, to trick the person who's buying into buying these things. Now, having said that, there is a place for certain supplements like you had mentioned, which is absolutely true. As long as your physician is recommending those supplements to you, I think that's okay. That should be safe for you to take. But Always, like I mentioned, these supplements should be reviewed by your physician to see if you should be taking any of these or not. Absolutely. And there's other things that the labeling doesn't really make note of. It doesn't make note of funding conflicts of interest or who is conducting these studies. Right. And that matters too. Right. And so what about you know, the nutraceuticals? Is there any science to back really these natural herbal products up or are they also just clubbed together with the supplements? So... In some ways, it's a little more concerning because there isn't any daily dietary intake that is recommended. So they really can't be vetted by over organizations that oversee other supplements. The, you know, nutraceuticals is a term that refers to the combination of a dietary supplement and a pharmaceutical. Right. So they cross the line a little bit further in terms of making claims of benefits. So some examples are like, 
ashwagandha or... I mean, a lot of Ayurvedic supplements do that, right? Yeah. And actually, the more concerning thing is that sometimes they can contain substances that aren't labeled on the product at all. Right. And that's one of the reasons why you really want to be careful of what you're taking. They can contain laxatives or even diuretics, natural or otherwise, and can really be pretty harmful. Yeah, I think the other part of it is also that when we're prescribing some medications, a lot of medications actually do come from plants. For example, we use digoxin, which is in cardiology, which is actually derived yeah. from a plant, right? But the thing is, when we're prescribing these medications, we know the exact dosage that we're giving. We know the exact dose that works. When people are taking in these nutraceuticals, there's no exact dosage there. If it's like a mix of some herbal products without an exact dosage of the active ingredient, not the how many milligrams of that plant powder or whatever it contains, right. but the active ingredient. And that's where one of the problems occurs is what is the amount? It may vary from one pill to the next, right? And so that yeah. becomes kind of tricky. It's not standardized at all. And because it's not standardized, it's also not patent protected. And there's also this idea that because they're natural products, they can be less harmful. But so many of our medications come from natural products, like even the SSRIs right. come from a natural derivative from a plant. And we don't know what amount we're getting when we're taking them from... From like the natural, yeah. natural sources, yeah. So that's why it's important to kind of always go through it. Now, having said that, these natural foods that we eat, it's not like they don't have value. They are valuable. For example, the herbs that we put in our food, for example, just cinnamon. I mean, there is some very weak data to suggest that right. it does lower the blood sugar. Now, it's not going to replace your anti-diabetics, but there is some very weak data to suggest that. There's some data to suggest that garlic helps with the high blood pressure. Now, now the data is weak, but that will not replace your traditional medicine that we're using for antihypertensive. No, and even some of the other herbal medicines like ashwagandha show some minimal evidence that it could be helpful in weight loss, but not anywhere. Because they're not standardized, you don't actually know how much. And these studies are small, and they don't go on for that long, and we don't know the rate of regain of the weight. And so right. it really, really requires more investigation before we can make any broader claims about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very important for people to understand. Now, coming back to the supplements, we were talking about some of these additives that are there, right, in the supplements. What actually have people found? I know there are studies that have shown when they actually have investigated these supplements that are available. They found so many harmful substances there that were going to be promoting weight loss, of course, but they were not supposed to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So some of the products that they've found, again, are laxatives. They've found stimulants, different types of hormone, including desiccated thyroid, desiccated testosterone. They found anticoagulants. They found seizure medications, SSRIs. So, like, it really runs the gambit. Like, you could pretty much name it and they found it in a supplement. Wow. Right. Yeah, and just for our listeners, I mean, the thyroid hormone, it actually increases the metabolic rate, but it's not supposed to be taken as a weight loss medication. It's not approved as a weight no, loss medication. No, and it can be very it's dangerous. very dangerous, and people can get strokes, people can get atrial fibrillation if they take excess of that. So it has to be understood that these products are actually dangerous when they're taken because it's such an unregulated market. 
And that's why I wanted to do this episode so that people can understand this fact that just make sure that your physician sees the product that you're buying and you're using before you start using that so that we can guide you. I know that people buy it with the right intentions of losing the weight and doing it the right way and being healthy. A lot of these supplements claim that. Yeah, there's really no magic bullet for weight loss, except I I guess there's one magic bullet, which is really getting, you know, help in terms of managing the lifestyle and modifying your lifestyle and nutrition intake and activity. Yeah. So the other thing is that, you know, we have such great weight loss medications available now, and there's so much of data on all of these weight loss medications, which we can use and we do use in, in our practices. So I think people should really talk to their physicians. And if they're candidates for medications, we don't hesitate in starting patients on medications. Of course, you know, lifestyle changes do form the bedrock of management, at least in my opinion, for any weight loss program. But I think if you still need the medications, we have data on good quality medications that are available that are controlled by the FDA. So really, I think that's the better way to go as far as weight loss goes if you need help. So really seeking the help of a professional rather than going and buying these supplements. And even if you do choose to buy the supplements, please make sure that your physician reviews these supplements before you start taking them because they can be very dangerous. Absolutely. So any final words on these supplements? What's your take finally? Well, there isn't a lot of evidence for it, but I would say that there is one place where I feel like it can be supportive. And that place is when we talk about losing weight, we talk about sort of a three-pronged approach, healthy nutrition, healthy sleep, and activity level. And I think sometimes supplements can be helpful with maintaining healthy sleep habits. And these are all things that can be discussed with your physician and reviewed to see what kind of combinations work for you best. And there's a place for them, but I think it is limited. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a great point that some of these things that can help you with the other aspects of which may help you in getting to your eventual goal of weight loss rather than directly getting to the weight loss may be beneficial, right? So yeah, I think that's where I stand. I think we're both in unison when we talk about a supplement. So it's a big no-no. In my opinion, if you are thinking about using weight loss supplements directly, I feel that you feel the same way. So I think that's... I totally agree. (laughs) I think there's better and smarter and more efficient ways to get the job done. All right. So that's great. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Sandra, for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah, friends, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts for me and I'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.